You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. And we are back to On the Prize, the number one podcast on all of oneofus.net. Number one most illustrious show on one of us. Well, we're number one in somebody's heart. Uh, I know at least one fan who messages me pretty often about this stuff, so... Yeah! <laughs> but, uh... And his it... name is Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys! Hey, guys! No, I had the prize. It's the best show in the whole world! <laughs> like, I, I know it's you, man. Stop it with the sock puppet accounts. <laughs> sock puppet accounts. I want to see what a Shaquille sock puppet looks like now, but... Man. I'm terrified of that. <laughs> Just... A big patch, just a big black patch in the middle, just my fucking. Beard. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like it would be hilarious, kind of unnerving, and a little offensive. <laughs> just just <laughs> a tiny bit. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> well, anyway, this is the podcast, and I am Justin Zarian, your host with the most, the uh, the big guy over back here in New York once again. Woo. Uh, and then to my left here is Shaquille Lambert. How you doing, man? Yep, reporting live from Canada. You know, coldest place in the world. Well, actually, not really, but it's pretty fucking cold. But yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing good too. You know, just uh, enjoy. You know, just enjoyed the holidays, and now school's right around the corner. And you know, that's just that's just life. Say la vie. <laughs> oh, I got yeah, I got a I got a quick story about my whole shitty return to school. But it's it's, just, it's a small thing, but it was just like a, a series of just like. Bad luck kind of coincidences. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A, a series of unfortunate events, even? B- basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, and then, hopefully not having so many series of unfortunate events, is Ian Butcher. How you doing? Yes, man? yes. Coming from a, a bedroom in Austin, Texas, where it's not really that cold, and I'm recording with no pants on. It's Ian Butcher. <laughs> oh, well, that's just protocol, man. That's just how you do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little inside baseball. Yeah, now, now you know, we, we all record with no pants on. Nope. <laughs> It's a secret. Oh, it's, uh, you know, we, we let it hang free here, people. Exactly. Dicks so. out for Oscars. <laughs> my, my Golden Globes are feeling very free right now. <laughs> waka waka. But anyway, uh, uh, ball jokes aside, we are talking about Oscar stuff, uh, as usual. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but yes, we have quite a docket here this week. Uh, we got a lot of big stuff that happened, a lot of small stuff that happened, uh, the Golden Globes that happened, um, testing the credibility of my prediction skills a little bit with the Golden Globes. <laughs> but uh, before we do all that, I just wanted to catch up with everybody. So, uh, Ian, what you been up to this last week other than uh, freeballing over there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in, be- in between sessions of freeballing, uh, I've just been <laughs> catching up on movies, you know. Uh, I saw the, uh, the future Oscar contender, uh, The Commuter, with Liam Neeson. Oh boy, which was really <laughs> best uh, actor Liam Neeson's every was, year. Yeah, it was. Uh, if you've seen nonstop, it was like that, but less fun and no action. Damn! So how is it that a movie could have no action after all those other Liam Neeson films? Like, just... I mean, there's like one fight scene, but Liam Neeson's so old, it's just kind of him shuffling and then moving the camera a lot. It's kind of sad. Well, true. Uh, but yeah, I saw that. Saw Call Me by Your Name. Saw the uh, uh, what's that movie? Phantom Thread. Saw Phantom Thread. Oh yes, I heard you guys reviewing that one. That was yeah, uh, yeah. It was, yeah. You know, it didn't, it didn't quite work for me, but I'm open to seeing it again. Maybe I'll hopefully I'll like it more the second time. Now you know how we felt watching it here in Vice. I know. I get. I know. I get. I get it now. I understand. <laughs> I think I. I, think I might have even said it in the review where I was like, I felt like watching this, watching Phantom Thread. 
was like someone who doesn't like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie watching a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I generally consider myself a Paul Thomas Anderson fan at most points. It's just these last few movies have been kind of like, meh. Oh, yeah. There, there, there's, it's interesting because there's, there's a very like definite line you can draw in his career where everything up into Punch Drunk Love all feels and kind of looks of a whole. And then everything after There Will Be Blood similarly kind of feels of a whole, but of a different whole. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, you know, yeah, he yeah. you get much bigger scale as he went along. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like his his style kind of changed, you know, at, at a certain point. You can see there's very much kind of two halves to his career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then Shaq, uh, how, what you been up to, man? Uh, I've been good, man. Just like, like you said, school starting back up. And basically... Yesterday was kind of kind of shitty because uh, I was telling Ian this uh, during the time that you were gone. But uh, my school, my bus system over here, like public transit, is absolute fucking garbage. Like it is maybe the worst ever. And so I left on time for class. My class is from two to five, and I left at one o'clock because it usually takes me about an hour to get there. And both of the two connecting buses that I take were both twenty minutes late. Ooh. So I only got there at like two forty. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'll I'll deal with like the missing forty minutes and just go through the rest of like the two hours of class. And we ended at three because it was just the intro class. Like we didn't learn anything. We just looked looked over the syllabus and shit. And so I was like, you know what? All right, I'll go to the wing place that's right across the street from campus because it's my favorite spot. And their wings are fucking astounding. I go over there just to find out that they shut down for good on New Year's. No. So I'm like, well, fuck today. I'm going to just go to bed. <laughs> this is why you should have just freeballed it, man. I know. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yesterday was just like a big old waste of time. Like, it took me longer to get to class than the actual class was. <laughs> but uh, other than I... that, I've been I've been doing all right. I just still have a little bit of the cold that I had from last week, but it's much better than last time. Because last time... I was dying. <laughs> yeah, no, you sound a lot better this week, so I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. How about you? How you been? Oh, I've been uh, pretty good overall. Uh, back in New York, you know, feeling all uh, time zoned out, you know, so I'm just like, ugh, getting back to my regular sleep cycle. Um, haven't watched as many movies this week, you know, shocked, back to my usual self, but... Um, Shame. Oh! I'm actually trying to see um, a few movies came out this week, including... You know, this is going to sound weird, but I really want to see Paddington 2. I loved the first one, so I can't mm, wait to see that yeah, one. Yeah, I've heard it's really great. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the funny thing. I showed that to my mom over Christmas, and she didn't know what to expect. She's like, okay, it looks kind of cute and silly kind of thing. And then when she watched it, she's like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird, because, yeah, I was, I, was, I was looking at the reviews, and they're, like, shockingly, like, extremely high. So, like, oh, yeah. yeah, I might need to see this. <laughs> Uh, 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 Chris Cox gave uh, gave Paddington, uh, Paddington two like a perfect ten out of ten in their review. Oh yeah, and he was like glowing with he was like yeah, it is so good. You need to, you need to see it right now. Yeah, I know. I'm personally excited to see it because I mean it's it's just that it's that right level of sweet and you know heartwarming, but not mm. cloying or critical. You know, yeah. they they do it smartly, and especially yeah. it, the biggest benefit of it <clears throat> is that. Paddington is such a, you know, as Chris said, he's a guileless character. Like, he's sweet, he's funny, he's nice, and he's perfectly innocent. Like, you cannot fault him for trying to just be a good person. That's what makes yeah. those movies work so well. And um, it's uh, Ben Wishaw who does the voice for him from uh, uh, James Bond. 
Oh, uh, didn't he play, uh, what was it, Q in James Bond? Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he has, like, the perfect voice for that, just that sweet, like, oh, hello, my name is Paddington. You know, it's, it's just, <laughs> he's so sweet. Uh, it just, you just want to give him a big hug. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I forgot to tell you, the movie that I watched this week is maybe the best, <laughs> craziest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> the oh, yeah. Book of Henry. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. Why are you doing this to yourself? You're watching the dude, Emoji dude, movie. <laughs> a book of Henry needs to be seen to be believed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that, like, you hear about it, and, like, you can you can read out the entire plot synopsis and go, there's no way. But when you see it, it's so completely different. It's such a bizarre experience. Like, you're like, everyone in this movie is way too talented to be in some bullshit like this. Like I, how, I think it's like, still influenced uh, the the uh, reason why Contravel is not doing Star Wars anymore. Oh, they it's, saw this. I'm like 99 percent sure this is one of the reasons, if not the leading reason, because I, I, Lucasfilm must have looked at this and go like, "What the actual fuck?" Yeah, I was telling I was telling Shaq before we were recording that uh, had Trevorrow stayed on and the Last Jedi still ended the way it was, I don't know whether I would have been actively terrified or even more fascinated about what Episode Nine would have been. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I found myself, like, I cannot talk about this movie to people without literally telling them everything that happens. Like, usually, like, people are, like, considered about, like, spoilers or anything, but I'm like, no, you need to hear every single thing. <laughs> like, from Sarah Silverman's weird sexual like chemistry with fucking 12 year old boy a 12 year old boy <laughs> the to, dying 12 year old boy a dying 12 year old boy to that same 12 year old boy like minutes earlier barging into a principal's office like god damn it Janice <laughs> 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 to like the pre-recorded messages that he left his mom to assassinate his neighbor where, where he repeats himself because he knows that she'll yeah. hesitate yeah <laughs> take the shot mom <laughs> To the random rapping ginger kid at the talent show, which oh, I want a whole movie. <laughs> I was I listening to that kid. About that kid. Yeah, when that kid is first in the movie, he's talking about like, oh, I'm gonna be an Olympic champion in dodgeball. And the funny thing is, immediately after, fucking Henry just comes over and just shits on that kid for no reason. He's like, uh, yo, kid, there's no fucking dodgeball in the Olympics. I, I really, I want, I want a movie about that kid and his rise to become a supervillain. In the inevitable Book of Henry shared universe. Man, <laughs> I was just in disbelief. Like, I tweeted the, through the whole thing. And everything is just progressively just me going crazy <laughs> from this movie. <laughs> Sometimes the, the live tweeting or live messaging is just so much fun. Like, I did that with Je Last Jedi. You did that with Book of Henry. Just <laughs> Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody or share it with the world. Just like, I can't believe what I'm watching. I can't believe what is happening on screen. <laughs> That is literally like, it, like this is the best bad movie I've seen in so long that I'm like I want to show this to so many people. Right? Like, I'm probably going to buy the Blu-ray and just go like, listen, just watch this and come back. <laughs> so here's the question though: Is there any way that movie could have been good? Like, is yes. This... Okay. Because yeah. I mean, there's that litmus test. Like sometimes something's so bad there's just no way to save it. But like, is it possible that it was just? totally misguided in its in yeah. conditions? Or... Yes. Had they just picked one tone and one type of movie to make and just stuck with that, I definitely feel like you could have had a really good, really kind of interesting kind of uh, throwback to like a, like an early Amblin movie. 
exactly you know, like, or, or maybe like a, like a like a Wes Anderson type movie but instead because it, it just like careens from like six or seven different movies you know you're, you're left being like I don't know what the hell I just watched the first 20 minutes are yeah they're totally like per- perfectly like innocent like yeah like Ian mentioned like a kind of throwback to like Amblin films like the kind of like genius kid yeah. those kinds of early movies but um okay. that immediately after just shifts it takes into... such a dark turn <laughs> dude it's so sudden it's like what the fuck just happened? Like the moment he like sees his neighbor through the like through the oh, Jesus. like through his window, that's when it's like, all right, this yeah. is a completely different kind of movie now. That's where you kind of stop laughing for a while, and you're like, oh, okay, I feel weird. Yeah, uh, realizing that Dean Norris will play bad cops for the rest of his career. Yeah, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But well. Yeah. I probably will not watch it because I just have too much time on my hands. But uh, <laughs> you need to. You really need to. Oh boy, I'm, I'm tempted. Maybe if if I find the right audience, maybe I'll watch it for like a bad movie night. Yes. But, uh, last time I tried to do that, we watched the uh, the Wicker Man remake, and that was oh my god. Yeah, that, a that was magical a magical experience, dude. It's so good. Oh come on, it's well, got Nicolas the... Cage in a bear suit punching a woman out. No, and see that's the funny thing. It's like there's so many of those scenes that are hilarious. But there's so much of that movie that is so boring and dull that it's yeah. just so hard. It's hard to sit through it because you're like, man, there really is just literally nothing happening except for those parts where Nicolas Cage goes off the leash. You know how to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? Burn, how to get burned? <laughs> and also, the fact is, um, the the most famous bit with the bees isn't in theatrical cut. That's only in the unrated um, director's cut. Yeah. So, oh, really? Yeah. When when we watched it, we kept waiting for the bee scene. We're like, wait, what just happened? We're, oh, you, yeah, you right watched a theatrical cut. Oh yeah, yeah. That that bummed me out. I was just like, oh, that's the one part that made me laugh the most. But oh, uh, killing him <laughs> won't bring back your goddamn honey. Oh man. <laughs> oh, and also the uh, the bit when the crow flies out of the desk is like, now why in the hell would you do a thing like that or whatever you say? <laughs> it's just so weird. Oh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. It's been fun. Oh, and I got a PS4, so I hey, wait, what game you got? Um, Oh, I bought a ton of games, like Persona 5, um, both of the new Uncharted games, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, you know, okay, that's I, a really good selection. Oh yeah, I picked up a nice fat stack. Like, I picked mostly just exclusives to PS4, because, I mean, I'm an Xbox guy at heart, just because of loyalty to it a little bit. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I do enjoy the PS4 as well, and I've been barreling through Uncharted 4, and somehow I've managed to main, remain unspoiled throughout most of this game, you know, like, before I played it. And yeah. it's it's really fun so far. Very well made. So it's really good. Yeah, like, I won't say any. Yeah, no, I won't say any details at all. But yeah, it's it, it's it's solid. Yeah, I think I'm on the last stretch because I'm on the big island that they're looking for. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. But uh, yeah, now we're going into the news. You know, exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. So this week, I mean, there's not a whole lot for actual like outside news other than the guilds and such. But today, as of January twelfth. The voting for the Oscar nominations has closed. So, yeah, uh, the choices have been made, so people cannot make their last-minute decisions to take James Franco off the Best Actor list, hopefully. But, uh, <laughs> waka waka. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, this, this, this stuff just breaks my heart whenever I hear about that stuff, you know? Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised, considering James Franco's obsession with porn movies and stuff like that. But... Yeah. But still, it's like, come on, you two... Yeah, it's. I mean, and even hearing about the whole acting class that's involved with whatever he's involved with, it's like, well, 
there's the problem. I mean, just yeah. Why are you teaching, you know, realistic sex scene classes? <laughs> it's just it's like uh, come on now, like that's that's fucking weird. It really is. I mean, and I get that's something that actors do, but I just yeah. But it's like, come on, you're not actually the Green Goblin, man. Let's come on, let's. <laughs> you knew this was coming, James. <laughs> Avenge me. <laughs> okay, so moving on from there, but yeah, so. We'll be hearing the nominations on the 23rd. You know that I will wake up at the crack of dawn to watch that. because Oh, crazy. absolutely. I'm a crazy person, and I admit that. But um, oh, so, I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I I don't know how I feel about them doing the pre-recorded messages version, you know, where they do, like, the whole, oh, we're going to film this ahead of time and not do it live. It's like, granted, most of the live ones kind of suck, except, it, oddly, the, the, the host I, I like the least uh, recently, Seth MacFarlane, he did the best nomination ceremony where he just made it fun to watch. Because <laughs> most of the time it's just uh, freaking Cheryl Boone Isaac and whoever she gets next to her just like, okay, here's what we got. This one, this one, this one. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, hopefully no more dick poop, though. That would, that would be fun. Listen, <laughs> no, we need more dick poop type moments. Um, so then going from there, uh... <laughs> <laughs> going off of dick poop, yeah. <laughs> dick poop. Um, uh, minor thing, uh, the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts, because we all care so much about what Australia thinks. We do. Um, three billboards, one best picture there. Hey. So, this is going to be a bit of a trend going on throughout this news cycle, that three billboards had a huge surge this last yeah. week. Just a yeah. huge pickup. I kind of, I kind of called it a bit. Like, I, like, it's one of those things where, um, uh, here at, like, in Toronto, like, you know the Toronto International Film Festival... Yep. Uh, we usually have like the audience award and usually whatever wins that is seen as like okay this is going to be a big player in the Oscar race it usually happens like I remember the first time I really noticed it was Slumdog Millionaire and oh, yeah. this uh, three billboards won this year so I was like alright I'll see where this goes because there's, there's always that one time where it doesn't play out but most of the time it does and this boost is getting I'm like you know what okay I see it it's the it's, it's the effect happening right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember when uh, Room did that too, where it won the audience prize there, and it really started to make a huge critic, you know, dominant dominant cycle, and that got um, Brie Larson to win as well. So exactly, like the, yeah, like most of the time they're usually right on because yeah, no, they had like one time they had uh, the Imitation Game, they had um, uh, what was it, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, and yeah, like they they're usually dead on about it. Awesome, yeah. So I'll have to pay more attention next year when Toronto comes around again. But yeah. Uh, uh, along with that, uh, Lady Bird won the best film at the National Society of Film Critics. So, hey. Yeah, hey, Lady Bird's great. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's a very fun, just good, solid coming-of-age movie. And uh, I just, yeah, I can't, I'm really excited. Uh, and I'm curious uh, if Greta Gerwig will actually make the cut for directors this year. I think she will. I, I think there's enough of a, kind of a big rallying cry for that that I'm sure she'll yeah. make it. But Yeah, no, definitely. Yes, and especially... Uh, some of the nominees later on this list. Uh, and then there was the Cinema Audio Society nominees, because we're all so fascinated with these Minor Guild Awards. But Hells yeah. I, I think it's important because you get to get a little preview of what people are going to vote for at the Oscars, um, for, for the sound categories at least. Uh, for motion picture live action, the nominees were Baby Driver, uh, Dunkirk, Star Wars, Shape of Water, and Wonder Woman. So I, I feel pretty confident that if not, I mean, obviously there's sound mixing and editing to separate the categories, but those films will both be, I mean, all be represented within both those categories, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman is destined to get at least one or two, you know, minor technical noms because it's not going to get Best Picture. People, sorry. I, yeah, I no, no, definitely, it definitely won't. But I can see, like, aside from like sound, but I can see it getting like, uh, what's it called, uh, costumes and stuff like that. Yeah, possibly. yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe art direction or production design. Exactly. I, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, it's possible. Uh, and it was really well done. I mean, other than the visual effects, which I thought were kind of wonky in it, I thought the actual production, like the actual, like you know, real life production stuff, was really well made. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like. Yeah. All the sets and all that stuff. It was. They. They looked really great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of costumes, there was also the Costume Designers Guild Awards. Um, so this is just the nominations here, and you know, like usual, these things have like five or seven categories apiece. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, the usual suspects were on here, like Get Out and Itania and three billboards and Dunkirk and Phantom Thread and Shape of Water and pretty much anything that we've like that I've listed on my predictions in the past they're all represented on this list um, I'm sure they're going to lean more towards the uh, period sci-fi um, categories because mm-hmm. I mean the contemporary ones yeah I don't see any of those getting nominated for this they're all too too plain is kind of a weird compliment I mean, a weird criticism to make but yeah they're just they're not really what you think of when you think cost of design so yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I gotta say, like, I think Phantom Thread is definitely gonna be a lead contender in this one. Because, you know, say what you will about the movie, but the costume work in it is really exquisite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think come Oscar time, this is gonna be Phantom Thread's to lose. Because, um, yeah, that, that, whatever I think about the movie itself, yeah, I think the, uh, the, the, the costume design in it is amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, even just how uh, intricate, like, the fact Danny Day-Lewis learned how to make a dress for this movie. Just of course that, he did. That's dedication. <laughs> Obviously it's Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. Um, and also the guy who made the costumes is Mark Bridges, who did The Artist. Um, he won the Oscar oh, for that. Oh, okay. So, he's got a pedigree. He's, he's got a really good costume designer. But uh, I also think that Shape of Water is probably going to get represented well for this one, and maybe even um, Greatest Showman. I know the costumes there are very elaborate. And <laughs> I know, you know. <laughs> Sorry, that was a reflex. <laughs> The Great Showman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, say what you will. It's a very big Baz Luhrmann style production. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Baz Luhrmann done badly, which means it's the worst thing you've ever seen. So it's even it's even worse than already Baz Luhrmann. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet it's making a profit. So. Oh God. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm now this huge. one. <laughs> I love you, Hugh Jackman, but okay, whatever. <laughs> now, this one's interesting because uh, it's the American Society of Cinematographers. Mm. And most years, they're pretty much just right on the money. Like, uh, the last few times I've looked at their nominees, they almost exactly reflect will make it onto the Oscar list. And sure enough, they're pretty much the five-ish films that I've been predicting on mine. It's uh, Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, Woo. Dunkirk, Woo. Shape of Water, Woo. and Mudbound. Woo. Yeah. So I think that's pretty... I mean, Mudbound, again, I say is kind of a, you know, maybe, maybe not in that mm-hmm. sense. But it seems to be getting enough of a uh, support saying, look, if it had to get... If any Netflix film's going to represent it for anything, we can give it this one. You know, it's not going to get best yeah. picture, so... Well, also, and also just the, that visually that movie looks great. And uh, Rachel Morrison, who shot it, um, is a really interesting DP who's on the rise. Um, and she's actually going to be shooting uh, Black Panther coming out here next month. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, cool. Hey. She works with uh, Ryan Coogler a lot, so. Oh, yes. uh, did she shoot Creed? Uh, she did not shoot Creed, but she shot, uh, um, uh, what the hell's the name of it? Um, oh, uh, Fruitvale Station? Which one? Yeah, Fruitvale, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, no, she did a good job of that one, too. I, I really liked Fruitvale Station, so... But yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, the other ones were kind of just as expected. You know, Dark um, Blade Runner and Shape of Water have really been leading the award wins, but Dunkirk's yeah. been right behind their tail. And then Darkest Hour, like I said, it's Bruno Delvinel. He almost always gets in when he has a high-profile project that he's yeah. uh, working on. So, I mean, yeah. Harry Potter. He got nominated for Harry Potter shooting that one, too. So Yeah, I, I think, again, when it, when it comes down to Oscar time, it's going to be, you know, neck and neck between you know Blade Runner and Dunkirk. Yeah, no, I, I, can, I can see that, too. Uh, so then from there, we also have the Critics' Choice Award winners. Hey. Now, uh, obviously, they couldn't predict what was going to happen to James Franco, or else maybe they might have affected him winning Best Actor in a Comedy. But, yep. you know, say what you will about whatever the accusations, he was great in the movie, you know? I can't take away that from him. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, a lot of the winners were kind of as expected. Uh, Gary Oldman won, uh, Francis McDormand won, which I... You know, I didn't think that she was going to be the leading nominee, but she might, she might take it. You know, she was really good at. Oh it. no, she, she, she is still to me like the number one pick, like guaranteed. Nice. I mean, she was great in Three Billboards. Just, just so, so charismatic. Uh, and then Sam Rockwell, continuing what's going to be a surprising trend. Um, I'm just going to admit it. I was wrong, people. Last week, I was wrong with my Golden Globe predictions because <laughs> Sam Rockwell's. Scooping up these big wins this late this week. Uh, poor Willem Dafoe. Maybe next time. But uh, God's but, beat Spider Man. Oh boy. Um, but then Allison Janney won as well. Uh, you know, Get Out. Like I think we've said, Get Out's probably gonna win Best Screenplay, and I can see that happening. Uh, and you know, it, it, most of these were predicted winners. There wasn't really the only big surprise in that one was that Shape of Water won Best Picture as well. Which hmm. you know, not that it wasn't deserving per se, but I was just like, oh, I thought that one of the other films might get it. Because uh, it's also winning Best Director. And I'm curious, again, Chip Waters wins. Like, it seems like it's almost a lock for Best Director, but there's no, like, other category that's like, yeah, Chip Waters definitely going to win this one as well, kind of thing. I mean, I, I, maybe music. I think that's the only other thing, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it, I think if, if, if Shape of Water is going to be a lock for anything, I think at this point, Director is probably it. Yeah, and hey, you know, good for Guillermo. You know, yeah. he's been around for a while, so. More power to him. Yes, indeed. He's Definitely. Uh, so now we've been going through these ones. Uh, now for the big Guild Awards. Uh, this is, the first one here is the Producers Guild, which, you know, producers, they have their own opinions on this stuff. And, uh, again, Wonder Woman did get a Best Picture nomination here. I I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> you sound so upset every time he's like, oh, Wonder Woman is on Look, here. I, like I you're gritting de- your teeth when you're saying it. I don't deny that Wonder Woman's a very fun movie. It's easily the best of the DCEU movies. Not saying much, but okay. I know, and that's what I'm saying. It's not saying much, because it's still flawed. It's heavily flawed in a lot of ways, because it's still got the Zack Snyder stink all over it. You know, what, what, just... Ju- what, Justin, what Justin is saying is he's really bummed that if any popcorn movie was going to get nominated, it was not Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> Man, oh. dude, trying to get the ice cube for best supporting actor at the very last minute. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> man, he spent so many years waiting for that phone call. Yeah, I've seen people <laughs> win Oscars for minute-long performances. He could do it, too. <laughs> Freaking what's-her-name-from Network, Beatrice Strait. She won for, like, pretty much a minute of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. But, um, yeah, the other nominees, Big Sick, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Get Out, I, Tanya, Lady Bird, Molly's Game, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. So, we've kind of narrowed down the, the, big, the big hitters for the Oscar nominees, and I think it's pretty set in stone in this case. 
But uh, yeah, hey, that's a good selection of it otherwise, you know. And Big Sick, again, is still on that fence line, but I mean, I'm just happy it's getting all this recognition. And uh, especially because um, I decided to go through a big um, rewatch of mean tweets off of Jimmy Kimmel's thing. Mm-hmm. And Camille Nanjani may have had the single best comeback to a mean tweet I've ever heard in anything. <laughs> it was. Oh boy. Um, so someone someone made the comment they're saying like you know is Camille Nanjani's junk multiple colors and he just looked at the camera he's like yes every shade of your mother's lipstick <laughs> uh, wow yeah oh, that's great <laughs> just the way he delivered it was perfect I'm just like oh oh man uh, but he was it was great even just that that won me a little bit extra love for Big Sick he's like, <laughs> And it made me actually really want to see the new, because um, I started the new Silicon Valley season a while back, and I haven't finished it yet, but uh, the new trailer came out for season five, and I'm just like, hey, you know, he's doing great for himself, you know, good for him. Yeah. Dude, I, don't, I only just started it not too long ago, and I'm, I'm digging in a lot. Yeah, no, it's a really great show. I think, you know, Veep was my favorite comedy for a while, but I think Silicon Valley has been consistently good, you know, f- you know, for at least most of its seasons. It, it dipped a little bit this season just because... I guess they're having trouble with the fact that T.J. Miller's not coming back this, this season. So, yeah. you know, he, he's got Deadpool money now. He doesn't need us. Yeah, but, well, we'll uh, see how long that lasts. Yeah, I mean, they did say they're not recasting him for the new movie, so. <laughs> I love that now that's become a precedent. Is people, like, because Ridley Scott did this crazy thing, now everybody else is like, mm, are you going to do this? Yeah, I don't think anyone has the balls or insanity of Ridley Scott to do that. Or, or, yeah, no. or, or frank, frankly, the experience to be able to pull something off like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not easy, you know. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and now they're under the controversy saying, like, well, maybe Mark Wolper got paid a little bit more than Michelle Oh, Williams. it's, yo, know, that's a whole other... Spoilers, Mark Wahlberg's a dick. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I say yes in that sense, but also the fact that Mark Wahlberg is one of the highest paid and highest, you know, grossing film stars in the world. I mean, no offense to Michelle Williams, I think she's a better performer, but... Yeah, but it's, it's under- the whole, the fact that he was basically, like... I'm not going to let you put Christopher Plummer in the movie unless I get paid and no one else does. Yeah, that's true. Fucking true. actual horseshit. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So it, it's 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 weird and bizarre. It's Hollywood nonsense. So tomfoolery. Tomfoolery. <laughs> Good old timey. <laughs> Shenanigans. Yeah. Hootenanny. <laughs> Man, I've not heard Hootenanny in a good long time. I'm bringing um, it back. Oh yeah. So uh, more hootenanny, but the good kind of hootenanny is the Directors Guild Awards. So again, this one is usually pretty right on the money for nominees. Uh, they they only rarely do they not get all five. But and this list is pretty solid. It's uh, Guillermo del Toro, of course. Uh, Greta Gerwig, of course. Uh, Martin McDonough. Woo! Uh, I I'm so happy Martin McDonough is getting this recognition. I think he's <laughs> he, he's awesome. I actually um. I just got Seven Psychopaths, uh, you know, fully set up. I really want to watch that and uh, In Bruges because I never actually mm. finished In Bruges. Oh, really? In Bruges yeah. is great, man. Yeah, you know, I guess I was just not in the right mindset because I got what he was getting at, but I wasn't like laughing at first. And I think it's just like, I know it's funny. I just don't feel like laughing right now. So I, mm. I need to, I need to give myself the right headspace because I know his his style of comedy is very off. You know, it's very off the beat. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then Christopher Nolan, you know, Ooh. he's he's kind of just riding the waves of goodwill, so... I mean, and Dunkirk is very well made, so I'm not surprised. Uh, and then, the, the, kind of a surprise, Jordan Peele for Get Out. Ooh. 
Yeah. Get out is coming. Get out is coming. <laughs> Man, if 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 hypothetically speaking, if we live in a world where where Jordan Peele becomes an Oscar winner, my God, dude! If oh. he dude, if he gets his if he gets an Oscar for Best Picture off his first film, Jeez. yo. <laughs> I mean, people have won for debuts before, but yeah, it's very very rare. Uh, I freaking because uh, who else? Uh, I think um, Sam Mendes for American Beauty. That was his first ever film. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah see? That and but then... he he'd been doing theater for like fifteen twenty years. Directly. Yeah, we're talking like a Mad TV alum. <laughs> As oh, an Oscar okay. winner for Best Picture in the first in their first directorial in their directorial debut, true, that is true. crazy to me. The man wow. who gave us the Gremlins two bit. <laughs> hey, uh, all power to him, man. Uh, yeah. And then next year, Keegan Michael Key will be a Best Actor nominee. I don't know. Oh, for Just Predator, listen, Hell's listen. Yeah. <laughs> I will be all oh, for. Is this. he a Predator? I forgot. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's in the new Predator. Yeah. <gasps> Oh. Yeah, the Shane Black one, yeah. Dude, the cast for that, for the Predator, is so absurdly stacked. But like, amazing. It really shouldn't be, but it is. Like, it's like, yeah, Keegan-Michael Key, um, who was Trevante Rose from Moonlight. Yeah, uh, Jacob yeah, like Tremblay, Sterling Jane, K. Olivia Brown. Munn. Oh, uh, the guy from Narcos. He's the yeah. guy from Nar- Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is this cast so good? I'm only bummed because originally it was going to be Benicio in the lead, and that would have been... I, I, I could have only hoped that he was playing his character from Sicario fighting a predator. It's a p- predator. <laughs> predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, freaking stupid stutter. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you don't, don't make fun of Space Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, do you remember what his actual name is in the movie? Uh, Space Tom Waits. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I also refer to Laura Dern in that movie as Space Laura Dern. She has no other name to me. I refer to her as Tumblr Hair, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Tumblr Hair. (laughs) Freaking stupid pink hair dye. But um, they also have a category here for first-time feature films, which is interesting. They they give a chance to shine some indie films. And uh, and that one, it was uh, Patty Cakes, surprisingly. Um, Lady Lady Macbeth. Cool. Get, Get Out. Hey. Uh, Wind River. Hey. And Molly's Game. Womp womp. Hey. Yeah, so good selection there. I mean, I've, I've not seen Patty Cakes yet, but I've heard mostly good things about it from people. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's good. You know, yeah, the, I've heard I mean, I mostly good great. things, but I don't really want to see it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's... The, I, like, I look at it and I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it, but you know. It's right. eight mile, but with a big white lady. So it's yeah, yeah. It's eight mile, but not as good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to top Curtis Hansen for director too. That's, so this is true. This is yeah. true. But I'm super happy for Wind River because I loved Wind River. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's not even. I don't think it's better than Hell or High Water. But the more I've thought about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, for a first time director, it's really, really well done. Yeah, that's it's, a hell of a feat. Being like, all right, well, we're gonna go out to the mountains. Film a fucking movie for your first movie. All right, cool. In the freaking cold and the middle of yeah. winter. Yeah, and Jeremy Renner was great in that. Um, Elizabeth yeah. Olsen was great in that. Yeah. Um, what's that actor's name who played the main um, Native American sheriff in that? Oh, Graham um, Greene is it? Or let me look. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, because I know there's there's like there's two actors who always get cast in those roles, either Graham Greene or Wes Studi, and I'm just like, yeah, Graham Greene. Sure that's it. Okay, yeah, I just don't want to confuse. I'm not racist, I swear. <laughs> Listen, well, I didn't if you're going to go out of your way to say I'm not racist, that just makes you look more like a racist. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't think you were until you, you prefaced it with I'm not racist. <laughs> but, uh, 
gonna go into some. He's gonna send them to some Native American sunken place. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, no, no, no. Uh, I've just been listening to that song. <laughs> Listen to what's his name song. I'm not racist. I'm not okay, racist. George, George, man, I will go on a tangent on the song, but we're not here for that. That's another day, another time. Another day, another time, indeed. Because uh, after the Directors Guild, there's the other last major predictor for the Oscars that I usually really, really like whenever I see the nominees: the Baftas. Yep. The, British Academy of Film and Television Arts, which is, you know, again, they they, they get predicted, I mean, announced so late because they're usually pretty right on the money. Uh, not always because they do represent some British films that either have not come out yet or no one's ever going to see, but <laughs> uh, usually they do pretty well. Like, Best Film, they had five nominees for Call Me By Your Name, Dark Stower, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards, which, all solid nominees there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, they always specify, you know, British nominees because freaking... Paddington 2 got a Best Picture nomination under British films. Yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, it did come out, like, way before it did here. Like, they got it back in, like, what, November? Yeah, yeah November or, yeah, something like that. Which, actually, is more common than you think in England. They get a lot of films, even American releases, they get a little bit early over there. Dude, they get every Marvel movie before we do. Like, a good week. Yeah, there's some there's some deal. I don't know what exactly is, but I remember uh, when I was a missionary in England, we would see the posters, like, way, way ahead of time before any American releases for those films, so... That's why I gotta get off the internet before Infinity War comes out. Like, that two weeks oh, before God. is just... I'm cutting myself off. That happens every time a Marvel movie comes out, where there's that point where it's like, alright, I'm gonna stay offline for the next six days. Bye, everybody. <laughs> well, it's a good detox period, you know, so... This is true, this is true. But I want my Marvel movie now. Yeah! I'm an American, and I deserve it first. America. Yeah. It takes place in America! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that makes us incredibly American centric, anyways. But um... <laughs> yeah, that's what that's why it weirds me out. So like, when like Captain America comes out in Europe before it does here, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's in the title, man. Come on, <laughs> you don't see Captain Canada coming out in like Ecuador before it comes out in Canada. Oh, Captain Canada. <laughs> So and, nice. Oh, and Captain Britain, too, so... Uh, yeah, that, where's that movie coming? <laughs> uh, you know, in the distant future of 2049. Because, um, also, Denny Villeneuve got a director nomination from there. Hey, so. segue. Well, that is... I'm not gonna lie, that's a great segue. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in a lot of these... Uh, there's also, like I said, some mini films that got nominated. Uh, film stars Don't Die in Liverpool got an actor and actress nominations, nice. which... That's what I've heard is, like, the two best things about that movie are Jamie Bell and Annette Benning. So, yeah, yeah. good for them. Uh, you know, supporting actors and actresses were usually the same, except, <laughs> again, out of nowhere nominee, even though I heard he's fantastic in this movie, Hugh Grant for Paddington 2 got a Best Supporting Actor nomination. <laughs> what a world. Right? Know, it's, right? It's so, that's such a weird thing to say. It's like, hey, Paddington 2 is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Like, this is... One of the, like the most defining roles of, your, of the year. Oh, and not only just that, too. also best adapted screenplay too. So, okay, I, I, I really need to fucking see Paddington. I did point... too. <laughs> more and more, this sounds like it's the Dark Knight of like children's bear movies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, and then a lot of these they were behind on a few categories. Like they had foreign film categories. They had a mixture of last year's nominees and this year's nominees because Handmaiden and Salesman were on it as well. So, again, they don't get all the releases on time like everybody else does. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, again, most of the categories here, they're about what you'd expect from the nominees. So, 
hey, uh, if you want a really good uh, idea of what Oscar nominees are going to look like, other than my predictions, uh, go check out the BAFTA nominations. They are pretty solid this year. Oh, and uh, freaking uh, Wonder got a nomination, too, for makeup, which I think, again, is probably going to support it for a big Best Makeup nominee at the Oscars. Woo. Yeah, the, I, I can see that. Because, like, it, yeah. It, it, like, the, yeah, the makeup all on uh, Augie or Jacob Tremblay, like, it, do, it does look really good. Oh, yeah. Like, I, be, I couldn't tell it was him until people said, no, that's actually him. I'm like, oh, oh that's cool. The yeah, Star yeah. Book of Henry? My God. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that poor kid. And I think, yo, I'm sorry to go back to Book of Henry, but like, I love how <laughs> oh, like not. with this murder plot, she Naomi Watts just completely fucking forgets about Jacob Tremblay. Like he's like, listen, yeah. you're Perfect. just as important. Like, I, like Henry was important, but you're just as important. I'm like, this motherfucker's out here doing your taxes. <laughs> he is not that important. Uh, 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 one last time, one last tangent before we get back to it. Uh, how much did you think that Henry was gonna rise out of that box? Yo, <laughs> dude, when, when at the talent show when he shows up with that crate and he's like, "Listen, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna bring my brother to life." I'm like, "Yo, wait, what?" <laughs> I said that as a joke, but then he said it. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, he was serious." And then yeah, he shot I, the, the confetti, and I was had like, "Had that happened, I think I would have left the theater, <laughs> uh, put on my heaviest robe, and walked off into the ocean." I would have, I would have <laughs> cried. But listen, my other thing was that, like, when he just shot confetti or whatever, I'm like, "Wouldn't it be fucked up if that was just Henry's ashes?" it all, it was all part of his plan. Y'all gotta go see Book of Henry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I need to title this podcast after Book of Henry or something. Yes, honestly. Yes. <laughs> this episode is a special Book of Henry, Henry dedicated. God, man. Oh, boy. But, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> but going back into there, oh, poor kid. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, we got the Golden Globes, the winners that happened this weekend. Um, bow, bow. First of all, so, okay, so Shaq, I know you watched some of the ceremony, right? I watched all of it, yeah. Okay, you did watch all of it. Uh, Ian, did you watch the ceremony? Uh, I wasn't able to watch it live, but I caught a lot of the highlights uh, after the fact. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, <laughs> Golden Globe ceremonies are not my favorites, per se. I mean, sometimes they get hits, like when Ricky Gervais roasts everybody in the audience. <laughs> um, like three years, yeah. But I freaking hate Seth Meyers. I just really, I've come to that conclusion. I'm like, this guy is not funny. And I don't, oh, sorry. Um, no, go, go ahead, I, go ahead. I don't hate him. But it's one of those things where, like, like when he's bad, he's super bland. Well, and that's why I feel like, even when he's good, I'm like, this guy, I think I, I messaged you about this, where I'm like, he is the reincarnation of white bread. Like, yeah. if, if white bread was sentient, <laughs> it would be My seven God. layers. It's just, I don't know what it is. Like, that whole monologue, and I get he was trying to make the biting commentary with the sexual harassment and that kind of stuff. It just felt so calculated and forced, the way that he yeah. the jokes. It was just, it's... I get he was trying to be funny. I mean, there were a few jokes where I'm just like, I get the content of the joke. It just wasn't funny. It was just, like, and just like even even that bit where he was like, "Listen, I'll put the setup and I'll have someone else say it." That whole oh, thing that was the felt, worst. That that was just so just kind of yeah. Can we can we just skip over this? And the funny thing, my favorite part though, that whole monologue was like when he had the whole thing for uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and Kaluuya just had a look of just like, "Yeah, let's just move the fuck on from this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be here." Oh, that poor guy. Uh, the single worst part, though, is when Amy Poehler was the whole, like, oh, you're trying to mansplain to me kind of thing. I'm just like, that went on forever. It's just, it was yeah. 
Oh gosh. Also, hey, back to the celebrities getting drunk. That's what I'm here to see. And not just that. Like, I, like I'm completely in support of like the movements. But it's one of those things that like their whole move- statement was like, "Oh, we're we're showing like our solidarity by dressing in black." I'm like, the better the better way to protest would be to just not show up. That's but true. That's true. It's it, it, it's one of those things that like I get it that like, you want to make a statement while you like you have the platform to do it on TV, but at the same time. It feels so hollow when your statement resigns to a fashion choice. Yeah. No, and that's what was my biggest single complaint that I had was just, I get the support, I get it's important, I get that people want to be activists in this kind of thing, but my gosh, it took over the entire ceremony, and it did, like you said, it felt I never, hollow. I didn't have a problem with it taking over the ceremony, it's just the way that they did it was just like, oh... Like I'm dressing, I'm still dressing like Versace and shit. Just oh, it's in all black instead of just colors. It's like yeah, all, no, all right. And that's why it's just that it took over and it was hollow, like you said. It just felt very empty the way that they did it. I mean, it's it's slacktivism. You know, it's just like you know they might as well have replaced their Facebook profiles with some other kind of you know image like they did with the Paris bombing stuff. Where it's like I get it, support. It's just the you know very minimal support. And they, they should have they should what they should have done uh, as far as instead of like just having everybody be we well, dressed in black, uh, just go to that one resort and get in line and just have everybody slap Harvey Weinstein for like twenty minutes. Man, <laughs> yo, I, I, I'd be so for that. I feel like that'd be a lot more cathartic. I, I will say that that was the only joke I kind of chuckled at with Seth Meyers. He was like. Oh, just wait in 20 years when Seth, um, uh, Harvey Weinstein becomes the first guy ever booed in an in memoriam section. So. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> yeah. that's, okay, though, that's great. I believe it. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. I mean, and I, I have a thing with my Oscars and my award ceremonies getting super political, and that's just the trend that's going on now, so it's just it's kind of unavoidable. But it was just... And especially, um, you know, I'm not going to say Oprah was bad giving her speech or anything, but it did get to the point where I'm like, I get it. This is a campaign speech. You know, it's oh, a big... Oh, when people were like, Oprah for president, I'm like, y'all haven't learned shit, have you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave a cool speech. Let's let's calm the fuck down for let's, two seconds. Let's keep it at that. A great speech. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I have to admit, I did change the channel at one point during her speech. I'm just like, okay, I, I get it. This is going on for like freaking 20 minutes, and I'm no. just. Uh, yeah. you know. My my one thing though is like one thing that made me laugh though was um when they had the shot of like Oprah's table and they had like a bunch of all stars in there, so it was like Oprah, Denzel, and all that stuff. I was just looking at Stedman, and Stedman just looked high as fuck. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. That's what um, Double Toasted pointed out. It's like the two guys not reacting at all to her speech were Stebbin and Denzel, when they just looked totally like spaced out and totally not in the room at that moment. Because yeah, Denzel's yeah. just looking at food. He just wants what's the food, like what's on the menu, and Stebbin's just he just on some edibles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you all saw that meme where it's like, listen, I took two edibles, but it's not hitting me. And Oprah's like, are you sure? And then he takes a picture, and then it shows uh, Stebbin just like looking high as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they they toked up on the on their way over in the hella limo. Yeah, <laughs> hella limo. Dude, listen, I fucking love Stedman. Like he he gets paid. He's just there to just hang out, fuck Oprah, and just live his life. That's what I'm saying. Like that. Well, yeah. Well, what would you do? Be like, all right. Well, tonight we're going to an award ceremony. All right. Cool. Like, I'm all right. Cool. So fucked up. <laughs> yeah, hey, celebrity boy toys exist. So that he's kind of Oprah's boy toy. Yeah, so. He's been Oprah's boy toy for like thirty years at this point. It's great. I know, right. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, well, good for him, I guess. But um, <laughs> one thing that was interesting, uh, kind of the point I was making with the political stuff, too, um, I, you saw this article I posted up here, and I, I, I know there's probably more complicated reasons for what happened with this, but apparently, uh, you know, again, things they could have done to show support for the people who made their voices heard, um, the accusers for Harvey Weinstein were not invited to the Golden Globes. Uh, none of them could, you know, were invited to speak about it. And maybe they didn't want to raise any huge controversies with bringing him on stage or any incidents might come up with that. But, you know, again, that would have seemed more supportive than, yeah. I guess, just Honestly, they should, that, that should have, they should have invited them. That, like, that's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's a little... Again, they should have just drawn and quartered Harvey Weinstein on stage and then just, like, <laughs> ripped him apart like the end of Day of the Dead. Uh, but that would have given him a chance to do Braveheart, just like freedom. Yeah, well, I don't know. Just like I don't know. Put a put a ball gag on or something. I don't know, man. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, and I guess they just wanted to make sure they didn't set up a firestorm if Rose McGowan said something or anything. But yeah. um, uh, and then on that note, I did make a mention about Golden Globe ratings. But from what I what it sounds like, whatever article I pulled up may not be accurate. So it's like, yeah, they were slightly up. They were still terrible, but they were slightly <laughs> yeah. up. <laughs> Uh, so hey just people don't watch award ceremonies like we do so whatever plus like the Golden Globes people have known that they've been they've been corrupt for a minute like for a long time so it's one of those things that people can see right through it so they're just like alright it's not the actual Oscars so like this don't mean shit yeah no it's like you guys said it's just that they've you know Oscars Golden Globes all of them are corrupt the Golden Globes are just more openly corrupt than anyone else so and plus, they significantly mean less for their industry as opposed to, like, the Emmys or the Oscars. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They're, 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 they're the redheaded stepchild of the, of the whole group, so, yeah. But, on that note, then, the winners, which, like I said, hey, Willem Dafoe didn't win. Shock. Which, that, 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 it's upsetting to me because I thought he had the best supporting performance, but I thought Sam Rockwell was great. And it'll t- although it'll tie into something that we'll talk about later that I want to bring up. Yeah, but um, on that note too, hey, three billboards dominated. They won four awards for writing, supporting actor, uh, lead actress, and then best film. Which yay, I was super super happy about that. It's super yeah. happy. Okay, if we're doing if we're talking about it now, then I might as well bring it now. But like, I've something I've very much noticed that there's, there's a growing a very much a growing backlash towards it already. Which, oh, come on. Because the thing is, is it ties into something we actually talked about last time when we when you first saw Bill, Three Billboards. Ian, you weren't here for this episode. But um, it's one of the things that, like, I pulled back a bit on how much I enjoyed it because of something that people brought up that I was like, all right, yeah, no, you're right about it, which is the racial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like, there's a lot of people who believe that, like, they kind of found bullshit in the whole redemption article, the, the whole redemption arc for the shitty racist cop who never really gets any real atonement for his actions or like any real uh, significant punishment. It's a, uh, I know we brought this up last time. <laughs> I, like, it, I know that it's not the main focus of the story, but it's one of those things that like it felt very hollow in, t- in, in, in the sense of like he he kind of did get atonement though. If you think like, again, not I'm not trying to spoil really, the movie, but no, the, no, there was no he, for being a shitty cop, but not for being a racist. But I think okay. the racist is just part of his profile as being a terrible cop. Like, I mean, like, it's not, like, I got the feeling that the racist was just one thing that made him a terrible cop. Like, he was already just lazy, stupid, sexist. Uh, That's the thing. You know, 
And like w- when it's something like that that they bring it up, and they they bring it up a lot in the sense that it feels like a major characteristic. And it's one of those things that they never resolve. And like I get that the whole movie itself they don't really resolve shit either, but it 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 feels a lot lesser than it should have been, and it doesn't really feel satisfying. But I think that's also McDonough's point is that. It, there is no right answer to resolving the mystery of that story. Like, you know, freaking things don't end up very well for all the characters when you think about what happens in the end. Yeah. I mean, especially the, one person in particular, you're just like, oh, well, sh- shoot. Exactly. And at, and at the same time, it, it, the fact that they gave him so much depth and, like, the actual, like, people of color characters, even though there's only, like, two, but they don't really give them any screen time or really much development at all. And, hell, like, the the, the, the other sheriff, like, the, the like the investigator slash sheriff or whatever, he shows up in, like, the very last, like, third of the movie, and he doesn't really have shit to do at all. And, and yet he's the most competent person in the whole cast. If you think about all of his actions he does in the story, where you're like... Ex- he, it is, he, but they don't give him anything, and that, that, that bothers... Like, it's one of those things that, like, when people brought it up to me, I was like, yeah, you know what, that's a really good point. So, like, I still love the movie, and I still think it deserves all the awards it gets, but it's one of those things that, like, I can't ignore that and go, like, yeah, you know, that's that's very much a good point that you brought up. It's just, the people who say that it's like, oh, it's the new Crash, I'm like, that's where I'm like, yo, listen, that's where you fucking chill. <laughs> yeah, well, that's too much. I mean, and I'm not in the crowd that hate Crash, but I recognize that Crash maybe was not the best movie that year. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, so... But the thing is, yeah, the difference between that and Crash is Crash, racism was the focus, and they took it in a kind of, kind of a shitty way, like, the way they kind of resolve it, but it's, like, Three Billboards not about that, but at, at the same time, it's like, y'all made it a lot, a bigger point than it should have been. Yeah, no, I, and I, I can see the argument there, I just felt like, the movie, like most of McDonough's work, it's just like, it doesn't go where you want it to go, it's, it's, it's really kind of unpredictable in some of its weird eccentricities and its weird uh, plot decisions in some cases, you know, so it's and I think they did enough to make Sam Rockwell and I think Sam Rockwell, you know, because he won Best Supporting Actor, he really sold the idea that if he's not fully cured of his bad behaviors, he's at least on the right track to trying to be better, you know exactly. yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like this story could go on and you can imagine like, yeah, these people however their messed up story ends maybe it might have ended a little bit better you know, in the future, so it it, it was it was totally worth it. But I mean, uh, did you have a point you were making, Ian? I think I cut you off on accident before. Uh, no, no, I was just I, no, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I agree. Okay. Um, that that was kind of the the, the treatment, of, kind of what to do with Sam Rockwell's character. It's like I get both sides of that argument, but ultimately, like the fact that that was kind of left so unresolved is a thing that kept me from really loving the movie. I still really like it, but it's just something about that just didn't quite sit well with me. Okay. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it's not my number one, but it's definitely in my top three. Oh no, it's, so it's, far, it's, but, yeah. don't get me wrong; it's still in my top ten. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. it dropped down a couple spots because of it. Sure, sure. Um, but still, but also, it's still fully in there. But yeah, also among my top three though was Lady Bird, which won best drama, uh, best motion picture comedy, which totally surprised me. I thought they were going to give it to Get Out, but I think people saw through the uh, the jury ranking of Hey, it's Get Out is not a comedy. For, for, yeah. First off, uh, uh, that. Well, true, it's not uh, actually comedy, but like it's one of those things that, like, hey, listen, it should win everything, but at the same time, I called it from the get go that Lady Bird was gonna take over some shit. You were right, yeah, you were totally right. I was wrong, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it totally deserved to win. I mean, Disaster Artist was, was pretty good. Uh, I still need to see I Tanya. I really, really want to see that so badly. You, but you got it. 
Lady Bird, I think, was my favorite of those nominees that I saw. So I'm just like, good, totally deserved. And then uh, Saoirse Ronan won, which surprised me. But uh, she was she was great. You know, she's really really good in that movie. And you know, maybe this is just the purest in me, but I loved hearing her speak in her Irish accent at the Golden Globes. I just I like hearing people's native tongues. It's it's yeah. I can always tell when she's faking. Like she's really good. She has a good American accent overall, but you can hear it just now and then when she slips into her Irish vowels. So I it's just nice to hear her be Irish for a change. <laughs> also, um, I sh- I showed my like my, I was watching it with my mom right, and she she was so just perplexed at like the per- difference between the pronunciation and how it's actually spelled because Irish have the tendency of doing that where it's like. The letters don't match up with the actual pronunciations. How how it's Shersha, but it's written like Sauroys or whatever. Yeah, no, that that's common for most Europeans and especially the British. Like I'm like, okay, half these letters aren't pronounced at all in this word. Yeah. <laughs> freaking freaking like Leicester, you know, like Leicester Square. There's like three extra letters that would make it Leicester, but they don't yeah. count the sets. So I'm just like, what what the heck, man? Um, but then yeah, Gary Oldman won. Not surprised. You know, he he was great. He deserves to win. I think he's the best actor performance I've seen all year for lead performers. Um, then Guillermo del Toro won. Again, Woo. not surprised. Uh, James Franco won. I, I hey. called that too. Oh, I know. We're all... and we could talk about Tommy. How they should have let him speak, man. They should have uh, let him speak. Okay. Like, I get why they didn't, but like they were fe- like the fear of just like what would happen. But I still think he should have actually act- <laughs> like had maybe like a couple like fifteen seconds. After James was done, yeah. You know, if it it felt like it wasn't planned though, because when James Franco said "come up on stage," Tommy he was, was already halfway, halfway across. Yeah, he was already halfway <laughs> up the stage, so it's like, okay, I guess Tommy's coming. So hey, uh, thank you. Just, so just the, the image of seeing a Golden Globe and Tommy Wiseau in the same proximity was magical. I know. Yeah, I, and he oh, had all the belts. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I couldn't take my eyes off that. Just like so many belts, so many belts. <laughs> Oh, but, but yeah, uh, you know, hey, James deserved to win. But yeah, I, I, I get it from the extent that Tommy would have been very memorable to say something. But um, yeah, I think he, <laughs> he was crashing James Franco's speech. So it's like, okay, just let James Franco speak first, and then if James Franco gives him some time afterwards, then it would have been fine. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, to be fair, they were running really long anyways. So I think all of them yeah. were just like, we just want to go home. <laughs> You're trying to prevent another Kanye situation. <laughs> uh, I I respect you, James, yeah. but uh... I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but I must say, I must say, The Room was the best film uh, I made this year. Uh, take care of each other, uh, ciao. Yeah, this my movie and this my life. This my life. <laughs> also, so, sorry to go into this is a very very brief tangent, but like, I um Ansel Elgort. Uh, first off, I just noticed he had a fucking rap video that I saw this morning, which is fucking bizarre. He had also, a rap video? A rap video. Oh. Like, but, <laughs> and, second, and second, I found out the other day uh, through a friend of mine that John Boyega could have, like, he was searching for the role. And we could have had John Boyega in Baby Driver instead of Ansel Elgort. And that fact just pisses me off. Now oh I'm just like, God. we could have gotten a better movie than the one we already got. Granted, I already love Baby Driver. But I feel like it would have been so much better if it was Boyega. That would have been, like, perfect. (laughs) Sure. I mean... Oh, my God. (laughs) The role was still a little underwritten, but I think he would have acted it better for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think he would have brought more personality to it. 
Can I just can we go can we go to that alternate reality where that's a thing because I'm, this movie's playing out in my mind and it looks amazing. <laughs> John Vega with his headphones and mixing tapes together. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and then running through the other winners quickly, uh, Alice and Janney won, which hey, I think everyone seems to be on that bandwagon now. Yeah. Like the moment when she came out with that bird on her shoulder, it seems like yep, yeah, she she's the favorite. You know, everyone seems to just love her in that movie. <laughs> um, uh, da, da, da. Oh, Shape of Water, but one best music, which I wasn't surprised. Although, freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alexander Desplat, where he's like, oh, yeah, it was a different color than the last award I won. Which I'm like, <laughs> yes, we get it. You won a Golden Globe back before they redesigned the Globes. Yeah, <laughs> you're so special. Good for you. <laughs> uh, he was a little bit of a sore winner there. Yeah. Um, Greatest Showman won best song, which I did. That, 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 I was like, listen... That should have fucking gone to Coco. That's that, that's the one time where I was like, "Oh, you got to like that was stolen." Because remember me, listen. There's maybe like three people I know who heard that song and didn't cry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think they stole it from Ferdinand. Moving on. <laughs> Freaking up. Was it uh, Nick Jonas who wrote the song for that one or something? Yep. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yep. Yeah. Oh, and the star, the star oh, from oh, Mariah Carey. The other. The other Keegan Michael Key joint of the season. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he had some, yeah, he, he had some bills to pay. Jeez, he'll do anything. It feels like if if you offer him enough money. But, um, and then uh, last one in the fade one for foreign film. Then Coco won for animated film. Pause. pause let's go back to in the fade for a second. Yeah. Can we talk about that when uh, the director oh, for the, in the, the fade one? And he did that shitty ass if you see a cop Warner Brother joke that was old in 1994. <laughs> Apparently, this joke must have hit Germany or France now because he said that shit like he was about to knock him dead with it, and the well, crowd yeah, yeah. just went silent. Yeah, they're still really big into Hasselhoff over there. So yeah, they're a few years behind. <laughs> yeah, then, I was like, gonna say too. I've seen that German. I, I seen that joke on like sh- those shitty like airbrush T-shirts yep. that you sell in like the mall. Like, are you? fucking serious right well, now? Why are you going to a mall? <laughs> hey, man, the mall's the only place with a movie theater around here, so... My God, that's frightening. <laughs> it really <Exactly>. is. <laughs> but, man, no, I was, just, I was just astounded that he would make that joke and he feel like he would get a reaction, like a, a chuckle or whatever. There was nothing. Just crickets. I don't know. I mean, I hear In the Fate is pretty good overall. I mean, there's been some backlash saying that it's a pretty straightforward thriller on top of everything else, but... Hey, I mean, it seems to be getting the popular vote, so it's probably gonna get a nomination for sure. I think. Yeah, um, I, I, I still think a Fantastic Woman or The Square could probably take it in the actual Oscars. But yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to see Foxtrot get nominated, but I don't know if they will because of all political the awards getting with that. So it's like, mm. uh, Trump and Israel, you know, blah, 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 you know. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, but I just want to see that dance get recognized, man. The gun dance, it's just so good. <laughs> Uh, so there's that, and that's the end for that part there. So again, in our tradition of the decade in review that we've been doing, we're going to talk about Oscar-winning music. Ooh, get yes. musical up here. So who's bringing up Three Six Mafia first? Ah. Oh, d- dude, you already know I am. <laughs> I, I can't wait. That's going to be great. <laughs> so um, yeah, first one here we have original score. Uh, not original song. This is the actual yeah. music that's not composed for. Um, I mean, it, it, the stuff that's composed specifically for the movie, not any uh, song lyrics. So, this one ought to be interesting because I, I admit this too with people. I'm a humongous film score fanatic. Like, 
most of my iTunes playlist and my Spotify playlist is instrumental music. So, you know, uh, films, video games, TV shows, uh, beginning musicals as well. So, you know, a little bit in touch with that side of myself. But, um, yeah, I just love listening to instrumental music because it can just... There's so much that you can get from instrumental music. So much, so many feelings it evokes. So many, so many thoughts and moods. And you know, there's some there's some scenes to movies that when I listen to the score, I can pinpoint exactly every m- moment that it yeah. hits. You know, like um, freaking the Death Star run trench battle music. You know, it's like yeah, every measure in this song, I can pinpoint exactly where what's happening, what dialogue is being said during this bit of music. It's just, it's just got such a great effect on it. So, um, but let's just get started. Uh, Ian. Let's have you tell us what's your favorite scores in the last decade. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I probably go starting off as far as the, uh, the stuff that won. Yes. Um, I probably start off with uh, uh, Stephen Price's score for Gravity. Okay. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> it, it, I, w- I would listen to it more often, but it would give me a panic attack. Sounds of fax machines breaking. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Trent, uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, Social Network. Uh, and uh, uh, yes, Shaq, I'm going to say it. Uh, uh, Justin Hurwitz, La La Land. Fuck you! Fucking <laughs> fucking fight me right now, you hater. You know, I can actually tag team for once on this. Woo! Yeah, fuck, yeah. Man, fuck y'all. All y'all. <laughs> and then, yeah, then as, as far as stuff that was nominated, um, uh, I, my brain just died. Uh, as far as nominees, <laughs> um, I would go uh, the, uh, the the Arcade Fire score for, uh, for her. Oh, yes, they're so good. Actually, you know, fun fact about that, um, one of my friends in my film class um, way back at BYU, his cousin is uh, on the Arcade Fire. What? Which one? Which one? Um, what's his last name? Butler? The, la- the guy I think his name is? Well, yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> uh, shoot, I gotta look it up. But yeah, he, he's cousins with that guy from the Arcade Fire. I gotta look up his uh, weird again. Yeah, I know. I was like... Oh. I'm but finding all these weird Arcade Fire connections in my life. Like, I was dating a girl recently who, like, who knew them. I'm like I, I'm finding that I'm playing this weird six degrees of separation with Arcade Fire. Oh, right? uh, <laughs> William Butler. William Butler is his name. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And as far as the other nominees, uh, I'd go the the uh, both both Hans Zimmer's score for both um, uh, Interstellar and Inception. Yeah. Hey, Inception's and, a great, great score. Inception's and Inception's like one of the most iconic scores of like the last yeah. decade. Yeah. I will say that he did a great job making organ music sound really epic with uh, Interstellar. I mean, oh yeah. Once the volume was turned down, uh, that I could listen to it without having to worry about anything else in the background for Interstellar. The music <laughs> by itself is really, really great. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'd also say uh, 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 John Williams for everything that he got nominated for. Uh, and then uh, uh, Johan Johansson for uh, Sicario. 
Oh yeah, yeah. no, Sicario's got that. You know that same feeling you were saying for Gravity. I felt that with Sicario. That's that nerve wracking. That yeah, especially that piece of music they play on that scene when they're on the bridge. Uh, yes, then Shaq. Okay, so, for me, um, I'm gonna start off with the, uh, one of the ones that Ian mentioned, which is the social network, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, the second one I'm gonna toss out is Up by Michael Giacchino. That was, that was Woo! mostly the first time that I really paid attention to Michael uh, Giacchino, where I was like, holy shit, this score is fantastic, and I cannot hear that theme without tearing up just a little bit, because, God, that, we all know about the opening scene. But, um, well, I mean, that's the reason it won for that opening scene alone. Yeah. And the third one we toss out is uh, the Hateful Eight, where finally Ennio Morricone finally got his fucking Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thankfully, it was it, thankfully it was for this because this is an incredible score. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, even that uh, opening bit when they're on the cross, um, you know, showing showing the images with the snow-covered Jesus and all that music playing in the background, it's really haunting, you know? Yeah. Um, did you guys see, like, the, the full 70-millimeter version? No. Uh, I, no. Dude, uh, well, I managed to see it, and they, before the movie even started, they just played a selection from the score, and it was just... Even before the movie even started, I was just like, this is, this is fucking fantastic. Wasn't uh, wasn't part of that score like repurposed for some of the stuff he didn't use for the the thing score? Yes, that's what I heard. Yeah. Hmm. But um, in terms of stuff, st- stuff that got nominated, uh, Moonlight, Nicholas Bertel's score, which should have won yeah. because that, that orchestra score is beautiful. Um, oh, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. I, I can't. I can't even. St- I can't even. I can't even <laughs> Yeah, like we mentioned, Inception. Um, what was it? Uh, 127 hours. I thought was great. Actually, I like Skyfall's score a lot. Also. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, actually, my favorite bit from that one is um, the battle with all the silhouette shading on it, with yes. the giant jellyfish in the background. The music there is just so tense. Like, on top of the images and that stuff, it's just really, really great tension action music in that one. It's just so good. God, yeah, does it? It was all good stuff, and yeah, like you uh, also mentioned everything that John Williams did. So like Star Wars, Tintin, yeah, War Horse, fucking War Horse. <laughs> yeah, but no, Tintin is still to me. To me, that's still the best thing Spielberg's done in so long. I don't think I don't think anything will top it for me personally. But that's because I have a whole personal affection towards Tintin as a whole. Because that was one of the first comics I ever read as a kid. Oh, cool. Mm. I need to go back and watch that again, because I, I saw it when it came out, and I loved it. I just never got a chance to go back and, and watch it again. And 
telling somebody just the other day, like how uh, the whole uh, single shot car chase in that was like one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. Dude, yeah. I was sitting there just like with my mouth just agape when that scene was happening. I was like, holy shit. This is maybe my favorite tracking shot since like Children of Men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is a really, really well done movie. I mean, I, I liked it a lot when it came out too. I don't know if I loved it, loved it, but it was, you know, I think it gets unduly forgotten. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's one of those ones that it shouldn't have been ignored the way it did. So. Well, yeah, and it was it was kind of the the other Spielberg movie that came out that year, which happens sometimes, where it's like, you know, yeah, War of the Worlds came out this year, also Munich, you know, yeah. and it was the same thing with that, where War Horse is the one that weirdly got all the attention when Tintin was the better of the two movies. And the thing no, is, I agree. is um, yeah. with Tintin, Tintin was the one time where I was kind of upset I saw it in English, because the thing is, <laughs> is... Yeah, they're based on French comics, and yeah. I used to read those French comics all the time. So, like, hearing all the names in English threw me off. So, like, the the like the twin uh, detectives, their name, how it's uh, Thompson and Thompson, mm-hmm. but in uh, French, it's Dupont and Dupont, with, like, the D and the T. <laughs> so, I was like, this is weird, and uh, Snowy. I don't like Snowy's name in English. <laughs> I, I don't like it. In, yeah. in French, it's Milou, and I'm like, okay, that, sound, that sounds much better. <laughs> No, nah. I, I adore that movie. I'm just so glad that they got it right because I was I was terrified that they were going to fuck it up. But the thing is yeah. that the pedigree was way too high for it to fail. Yeah, and the score itself is really like it's so different than a lot of John Williams scores. Like you found a new note to play with it. You know, it it really really worked. I thought. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So then, any other ones, or is that no? That that's it for me on score. All right, cool. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna sound like broken record again, you know. So I go last because I'm a, I'm a I'm a good host. I like to let my guests go first. But um, <laughs> uh, I you know my favorite score this last one. I mean this this thing, actually the one I thought you guys might mention the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm, I ah. I love that score, and you know, Despla is kind of getting that you know that trend of getting the guys nominated every year, you know, no matter what the score is, kind of thing. But that one, he totally deserved to win for. I think that was just... It, it really drove the movie. On top of the great art direction, the great costume and aesthetics and that stuff, that music really is a big component of the storytelling, I think. Really, really good. Hmm. Um, and then La La Land also. So, sorry, Shaq. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, and then uh, the social network. I thought the social network score was fantastic. I mean, for a guy who, you know, was that the first score Trent Reznor ever did? Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, for a debut score, he really, he was a natural, you know? Uh, my favorite bit from that one, too, for the score is the one when Justin Timberlake first meets um, Zuckerberg and Gar- Andrew Garfield's character. Mm. Um where that music that just playing over them while they're just, you know, talking silently and that stuff, it's just so... I, I think it's called magnetic or something like that. It, it really is. It's magnetic. It's pulse-pounding. It's just so awesome. I, I feel like I want to, like, edit some of these, like, little samples of them over the background when I put this on the podcast, but... Just uh, make it all the La La Land th- soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? You know what? This will be a rare sighting, but I'll say 
there's one piece of the La La Land score that I did enjoy, and that was the Me and Sebastian theme. That's it. Mm. Oh, it's good. Other, listen, that is the most positive you will hear about me saying anything about La La Land. Other than that, that's it. So Challenge that was, accepted. That was Bigfoot. That was Bigfoot. <laughs> Um, you know, and technically these are winners too, but I kind of wanted to mention them just because I liked them. Uh, A.R. Rahman's score for Slumdog Millionaire was great. I yeah. thought he did a great job, uh, you know, just getting a right tone. And, you know, for a guy who's already really popular in Bollywood and making this big, you know, U.S. crossover, he did a great job with the score there. Also with a score for 127 hours, like I think you guys mentioned too. It's yep. really, really good. Um, and then the other winner one that I wanted to mention was Daria Marianelli for Atonement. I thought the score for Atonement to use typewriters the way they did as part of the instruments was really, really awesome. And just all around, it was really great comp- composition. As far as nominees go, oh, um, Curious Case Benjamin Button had a really good score. Uh, one of the better scores that Desplat did in the last few years. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, again, another Desplat score. That one, really, really great music. Just really catchy yeah. and upbeat. Sherlock Holmes was great. I think that was a really, really good piece there. Ooh, uh, so many to choose from. <laughs> um, you know, I, I agree with Skyfall also, um, and her, and I mean, you guys have said most of the ones, darn it. Um, you know, I, I would say Bridge of Spies. I thought had a really good, solid Oscar oh, yeah. score. You know, it yeah, wasn't it was, like it, it was. It was Thomas Newman basically doing a John Williams score. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a good imitation. You know, it's like it's like a quality Elvis impersonator. You know, yeah. not the real thing, but a stunning imitation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, one I like, because it's not even my favorite score, but it's just so offbeat, um, the score for Mr. Turner. Um, it's done in that weird kind of like, a lot of it is a very offbeat style. I'm, there's that certain um, musical term for it where it's like counterclock, counter something. But the, the type that goes against common time for scores, but it's just really, really fascinating music in that one. I, I thought I liked that one a lot. that i mean most of these scores are pretty you know in that category of good just didn't blow me away kind of stuff oh you know actually 
sorry, last one, Ratatouille from Michael Giacchino. Great yep. score. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember working at the movie theater when that came out, and um, I'd always come in right when the end- ending credits were playing, and that ending credit tune is stuck in my head forever because it's just so catchy and, you know, so fun. <laughs> it's just really, really good. Okay, so with that said, songs! Woo! Yay! I cannot wait because I already know a couple of the ones that you guys are going to pick for sure. Yep. <laughs> so, Shaq, why don't you just lay it on the table? Tell us what Okay, so I'm going to start, and I'm going to break our decade rule and go straight to 2005 and say that It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp by The Six Mafia <laughs> is the greatest, best original song winner ever. Not just of the decade, just ever. Yeah, yeah. Raindrops falling on my head, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Screw them. Fuck all of that shit. It's, no, it's, it's the, three, six the room mafia didn't winning. look nearly as uncomfortable for them as it did when Three Six Mafia went up. It was <laughs> so great, dude. That's legitimately like we talked. I think we talked about this before on the show, but like that is my favorite Oscar moment ever. Just, the, just I, I used to listen to Three Six Mafia so much as a kid that like seeing that I was like, yes, everything feels so vindicated right now. You know But now, going back to our three of, like, the decade, um, I'll say The Muppets, Man or Muppet, was great. I remember when, <laughs> when people See, would just I... sing that just out of context for, for, like, a month at my school. It was like, am I a man, man or a Muppet? It's, it's I was kind of shocked by that. Like, I didn't hear anybody who talked about that song afterwards, but oh. I guess it was more popular than I thought. So Yeah, no, it's, it's legit. Like, I, I love the Muppets movie, and I think that that was, that song was the best out of, like, all the songs am that they played I in there. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? Am I a Muppet? If I'm a Muppet, then I'm a very manly Muppet. Very manly Muppet. Am I a Muppet? Or am I a man? Am I a man? Second up, I'll say Adele's Skyfall. Yes. Skyfall is probably the best Bond theme we've had in a while. I agree. Um, not that there have been, like, really bad ones aside from, like, the one from uh, Spectre. Aside from, aside from the elephant in the room. Yeah. The funny. Oscar-winning elephant in the room. Yeah. God. We'll get to that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Skyfall is such a legitimately great song that it feels... It's a, mod- it's a modern song that feels so much like a throwback to stuff like Gold, uh, like Goldfinger. Like, to that era. And oh, it's yeah. done so well, thankfully, because Adele is such a good singer that she's able to carry it that well. And um, thirdly, I'll say, um, let me see. Oh, uh, Glory from Selma by uh, mm. Common and John Legend. I thought that was a great song. Up, King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day. Yeah, no, I, 
I, I, that's pretty solid song overall. Yeah, and um, in terms of stuff that got nominated, uh, I'll say, uh, what was it? Uh, Everything is Awesome <laughs> was a great yes. song, but uh, it, it was a great song, but I'm happy that Glory won instead. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool Uh, oh, it would have been just as good if Andy Samberg came out to accept it. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I forgot to mention the the other song that like I know it's not the three, but like Jai Ho, I thought was great. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but the, uh, what was it? I actually just heard Jai Ho the other day. I went to an Indian restaurant and it was playing loudly when we walked it's in. It's a le- so. it's a legitimately great song. It, uh, it I love- is. <laughs> Um, and speaking of that shitty fucking uh, 007 song what should have won that year was for a much worse movie than that but it was a much better song which is earned it by The weekend for the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack that's such a good fucking song that I'm upset is associated with such a shitty film yeah, you know, it's funny because like I I didn't care for the song so much when I heard, heard it like originally, but seeing his performance at the Oscars, I'm like, yeah, this is better than I gave it credit for. You know, like it's a, the, like that is a, like it's a more sensual song, and it, it it gives off better sexy vibes than the movie does. Yeah, than any <laughs> scene in the actual sexy movie. Yeah. Screw you, <laughs> um, oh, you're not kidding uh, though. I, I watched a bit of Fifty Shades Darker because uh, yeah, night, yeah, we 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 had a big thing um, for like a screen sharing uh, movie night with some friends, and yeah. I caught like the last twenty minutes because I was doing something else. But I'm like, this is all I need to see. There is nothing happening. This is the <laughs> like, I'm getting an inverse boner from this. Movie. <laughs> um, and then last one I'll mention, I'll say, uh, 127 hours. If I rise, another AR Ramen one. Um, yeah, and it's a uh, Dido, right? Who did the did the vocals? Yes, actually, uh, she did the lyrics. Yeah, Roll yeah. Armstrong and Dido. Yeah, um, but Wait. yeah, no, 167 Hours is a brilliant film. Uh, I one agree. that I think got forgot, kind of got forgotten, but it's I th- I'd honestly put it in like the top five of like Danny Boyle's overall work. But uh, wow, yeah, um, dude, I dude, I got emotional by the end. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- those are my original songs. Awesome. All right, then Ian, man. Uh, well, uh, uh, naturally, I'm going to start off with the best song of the decade, uh, "Writings on the Wall" by uh, Sam Smith. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> if I risk it all. Man, no, I'm kidding. Uh, that falsetto at the cor- at the end of the chorus is so bad, dude. It's like it it's it, it could be a good song. Like I really like the horn section in it. I like what it's going for, but it's just like it never quite gets the, it gets there. You know, he doesn't have the range. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Range. It's like it feels like it's about to build to a chorus that it never gets to. 
I would say it's a little bit better than the movie itself, but that's not saying much either. That's not saying much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I go. Yeah. Jai Ho. Um, say it. I know you're gonna I say love. it. So go ahead and what, say it. What, what, what's up? I know you're gonna say what movie. Do you? Do, do, am I assuming? Or go ahead, just say it. I, I don't know. I was gonna talk about the Muppets. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say fucking City of Stars, and I was going to try and slap you again. Oh, no, no, no. That's after that, I'm going to say City of Stars. Oh, God. Ah! <laughs> a rush, a glance, a touch, a dance, look in somebody's eyes, to light up the skies, to open the world and send the rhythm, a voice that says I'll be here and you'll be all right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of my a lot of my favorite songs on here, honestly, are the ones that were nominated. So like, um, uh, the Moon Song from Her. Again, earned it from Fifty Shades. Um, what else? Is on? Well, I guess that's pretty much it. Because <laughs> I'm looking at some of these songs, I'm like, well, that was, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, okay. I'm not... You're not going to go for Crazy Heart? Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> Weary, the the Weary Kind's a good song. It's not my favorite, but I, I like Weary Kind. But um, uh, going from there then, I guess if that's all you have. Anything else you know otherwise? Uh, that's pretty much it. All righty. Um, you know, again, going with some of the other ones that you guys haven't said yet, one I loved a lot was the Falling Slowly from Once. I mm. think that it's a it's one of those great, like, old-school, you know, romantic ballads, you know, kind of thing like that. Like, it's not even a love song, but it's just like, that sweet, you know, very moody, very heartwarming kind of stuff to it. It's so moving. You know, it's the one Oscar win and nomination for that film, but it was totally deserved, I thought. Ho from Slumdog Millionaire too, because freaking my friends and I, we had that soundtrack on loop in my car for a good like couple months, and that <laughs> one. <laughs> I imagine you driving to to, to work or whatever. You're just like Jai Ho. <laughs> oh, you're not kidding, man. That's kind of how it happened. <laughs> oh, that was great. Cause even um, my friend and I, we went to see the movie. You know, we were super jazzed because the movie was great, anyways. And then when the music video started playing at the end with uh, all the actors dancing to the end credits, we're like. Okay, we're sitting back down. We gotta listen to this. This is awesome. <laughs> really, I think more movies should end with a Jai Ho dance sequence. Oh yeah, man, that was great. Yeah. Um, and then for winners, da, 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 da. you know, I'm gonna default to Skyfall as well because you know, it, it, again, like you said, it's the best Bond thing we've had in a good couple decades. I think you know, it's, it's right up there with some of the all-time greats of uh, James Bond. Um, and City of Stars wasn't on my top three for winners because I don't think it was, that was my favorite song from there. I actually, I think um, Audition, the one that they, uh, also was nominated, was a better song. Because mm. that was Emma Stone's big moment for that movie. And it was really, you know, City of Stars is a good, like, you know, 
uh, theme. It's a good motif that plays throughout the movie. But Audition was the standout, like, you know, the emotional songs, I thought. The water was freezing. She spent a month sneezing. But said she would do it again. Here's to the ones who dream. I mean, when it comes to fun songs, I think that opening number is the best one. But, uh, what's that one called? Another day I know, one we'll opening keep talking number. about La La Land for another 20 minutes. I will, I will, yeah, just because I know Shaq yeah, loves it yeah, so yeah. much. Come on, Shaq, join in. <laughs> I feel like we're just, like, ribbing him in the, you know, just like, eh, eh, Shaq, yeah, La La Land, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, y'all are going to keep doing it until you get an elbow to the face. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> you can't reach through this internet. Listen, watch, watch. You'll get an email, it's like, huh? An email from Shaq? Like, I didn't give you my email. I just, they just see an elbow just going through the screen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's totally a family guy gag, but I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so then Lego Movie was awesome. Uh, Her, the Moon Song is awesome. You know, I, I'm going to say it too. I liked Happy. I think that song's great from Despicable Me Too. It's overplayed. Oh, yeah. It's it's overplayed, so that's why I didn't mention. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's a legitimately solid song, but yeah, no. no. <laughs> With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. like the song from Ted, uh, Everyone Needs a Best Friend. I thought that was, you know, it's catchy. It's a very fun, you know, old school style music song. Yeah, it was really good. My words are lazy, my thoughts are hazy, but this is one thing I'm sure of. Everybody needs a best friend. I'm happy I'm yours. And, uh, was there any other ones? I mean, again, most of these, yeah, they're not my favorites, but, you know, um, I will say the other Slumdog Millionaire song, Osaya, which they played, um, the one that played at the beginning of the movie. That's yes. really great song. And it's it's just awesome to hear M.I.A. get a really big, you know, moment in the movie like that. You know, she was really good singing. They can't touch me. We break our friends, but they can't even touch me. Been like Gypsy. Touch me. I'll show you jokes. You must excite quickly. Pick up the packs on my journey. Don't turn they start to follow me. I'm a lot from this. They suck. We live for the buck. We get for the family. One day I want to be stars. So I get to hang in a bar. I go to Vegas to the payers. Just to forget my scars. Uh, and that's about it. I think that's the, all oh, I got um, to say about that. Oh. Yeah, there's oh, two more things I want to mention. from At least from last year's awards. Can't Stop the Feeling should not have not gotten nominated because that song fucking sucks. Or uh, should have trolls. won every award. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I kind of like, like it. I love Justin Timberlake, but that was one of the blandest songs he's made. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Did you see the music video for his new one? I did. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, freaking, the music video was done by Mark Romanak, but I, I couldn't have saved the song. The really. song itself is just not... Because he's trying to go for like that semi-futuristic thing that he did with Sexy Back, but Sexy Back, it worked a lot better. And, and a better beat. Yeah. And a, a much better beat, because this one is like some weird... It's like weird pseudo dubstep but it doesn't really work that well yeah and um and on the other hand i think how far i'll go but from moana is great and i really wanted lim manuel to win because i want him to get the egon
Yeah, maybe another year. He is year. so close. <laughs> you know, it's funny because like I didn't love how um how far I'll go at first. Like I thought that Shiny and You're Welcome were better songs, but the more I've heard this song, I've started to, it's it's grown on me a little bit more. Yeah, I think. But no, he yeah. just he needs that Oscar man. He needs to get it. He's so dude. He has the E, the G, and the T. He just needs that O. But you know what? I will listen to How Far I'll Go over and over again before I hear Let It Go again from Frozen. Oh, God. I hate Frozen already. And that was just, like, the pinnacle of, like, where I'm like, I get it that this is, like, the big moment for uh, Adina Menzel, right? Um, yeah. Or, no, no, Adele Dazeem. Come on. Adele, Adele Dazeem, that's it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, it's so emblematic of just, like, everything I hate about Frozen. That everything that just gets on my nerves about it. So every time I hear it, I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, I mean, Frozen I didn't even hate, but that song was not my favorite from that soundtrack, and yet it's the one that everybody loved from that movie. It's like, it's so meaningful, so important. You know, I'm just like, it's just... Chill! (laughs) Yeah, it's just any other ballad from a Disney film. I don't know. Uh, It sounds like Ian does not protest as much as we do, but... Uh, No, 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 I agree. I I was just kind (laughs) of letting you guys have the floor, because I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well on that note then uh this has been another podcast for eye on the prize uh thank you all for listening for this nice hour and a half like we usually do <laughs> you could have watched a whole we're movie good. we're good at this oh yeah we're we're getting great <laughs> um but before we go let's see where can people find you shaquille lambert on the internet um, you could find me on all forms of social media at shaq excellence that's s-h-a-k excellence and uh, I don't really have anything to promote. Just, yeah, just myself. Just, yeah, my social medias. You know, I will say I want to listen to your Dog, um, dog Soldiers review because I yes. just got Dog Soldiers. I found a copy of it. So oh, I'm going to watch sweet. that. And, yeah, I'm going to watch that, and then I'm going to listen to your guys' review. Cause yeah, I, so, yeah, for those who don't know, yeah, Horror News Radio. Uh, I was on, a, on an episode of Decades of Horror, 90s and Beyond, and we talked about Dog Soldiers. And it was a fun episode. You guys should check that out. All right, and then Ian, the Butcher of Khadivs. What can we do for you, man? Where, where can we find uh, yeah, you? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, you can find me here on One of Us Net reviewing random stuff. Uh, you can find me over on DoubleToasted dot com uh, on Sammy and Seen Shit. We did Raiders of the Lost Ark this week. I know. Woo! And uh, uh, Toast to Toast with uh, Mr. Will Valley. I don't know what our next episode's going to be, but I'll be on it. Just <laughs> TBD. That's all. TBD. Yep, indeed. No, that's great. Uh, and then you can find me here on oneofus.net. I write the notes for the subscriber-only breakfast pub. It's totally worth it. Really fun. We have a rotating you know, series of guests, including occasionally Mr. Ian Butcher here. He does, hey. Great, hey. does a great job on that. <laughs> I still love hearing your reactions to some of the other ones. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, Antonio Banderas is going to play Picasso. And you just lost it. Just like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the best casting ever, man. That's it like, really is. That's better than him as that pirate in the SpongeBob movie. Uh, and, you know the sad thing is he was one of the best parts of that Spongebob movie and he was probably the worst that Spongebob actor movie. I yeah. love that Spongebob movie that movie I is too. fucking bizarre that's it's why really... it's like they took all the drugs and then they made a movie Dude, just the time tra- like the like the time slash dimension traveling sequence of Spongebob and Plankton where they just played that same fucking Pharrell song every single time <laughs> it's one of the weirdest sequences when, I've seen in an animated movie ever when, and it's Plankton, so great when Plankton goes into Spongebob's head and he vomits up the rainbow which turns into a cat yeah. oh god <laughs> and, the, and the rainbow calls him daddy Dude, it's, it's, 
It's a it's, fucking trip. It's kind of terrifying, to be honest. It is, but it's really good. Oh, yeah. So you can find us talking about all kinds of insanity like that there. You can find me here, obviously. I write on, you know, occasional articles mostly devoted to Oscar stuff. And then you can find me on social media through Facebook and Twitter and that such. So, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thank you guys once again. You guys are awesome co-hosts. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. It's always uh, fun. Oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And until next time, uh, next week, I don't know if there's any other major awards per se. I mean, I know there are. I don't have the calendar in front of me. But uh, it's mostly going to be build up for the Oscar nominations. We are two weeks away from that happening, folks. So... Uh, it's going to be a big time. We'll probably talk a little bit about some of, you know, because I've been talking predictions for me a lot. We need to hear from you guys. We need to hear what you guys think are going to make onto the big list, at least the major categories. So yeah. be I'll, prepared. You know, I'll, I'll build a list and I'll, I'll let you know next week. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So until then, you know, be in suspense, people. You're going to hear what they think. It's going to be awesome. So see you next week. <laughs>